Wow. Okay, so I'm going to be really honest. Uh, obviously, you want me to be. Okay. Okay, let, let, let's just... Let, okay, Vasavi, this is where I need to shut up and just kind of tell you. Okay. I am so afraid that I'm going to go to culinary school and I'm going to love it so much and I'm going to drop off the face of the earth and I'm not going to be relevant anymore. Welcome to the Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. And now, your hosts and co-shut-uppers of making shit happen, Bernie Shung and Phil Gerbyshack. Yes, we are live for another fantastic edition of the Shut Up Show. We are so darn excited to have someone who says she is a happy wife, a self-discovery junkie, and a lover of all things nonconformity, which is likely why she's on our show, Vasavi Kumar. How the hell are you on today's date, whatever the heck it is? What's going on? I'm doing amazing, Phil and Bernie. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm yeah. Really good. Yeah. Good. Well, we are so delighted that you are here. Bernie sends me this interview with this nobody that you did, this Don Miguel Ruiz guy. You know, he's, he's nothing there. And then we see you're the star. So we're really stoked that you're here. You see her wonderful Twitter handle on the bottom there. Ask Vasavi, and we're going to ask her lots of questions about the F-bomb. No, not flatulence or fart knockers, but fear. We're going to talk about that today. So, Bernie, our chief stalking officer, please tell us, Vasavi, <laughs> what she's wanting. Of course, of course. I am so damn excited to have Vasavi here on the show. Phil, I don't know if you remember this, but actually, uh, Vasavi found out about me and actually the Shut Up Show through our dear friend Srini Rao of Blogcast FM. I think everybody's getting sick of hearing that because more than half of our episodes, we do mention Srini or Blogcast FM. So He's thank you, Srini. Amazing. So thank you, Srini. Second shout out, happy birthday, Phil. Phil's 40 years old on the day we record this. Ah! <laughs> Four zero. Four zero. But I'm anyway. you tomorrow, <laughs> so thank you. It's been a great run. No, you're not. We'll be not. the Bernie and Vasavi show starting tomorrow. Hey, there's a great idea. <laughs> I like that. There you go. But anyway, you know, our wonderful guest today, Vasavi, we're so excited to have you, girl. I mean, when I thought about fear, when I thought about who can we feature here on the Shut Up Show where we talk about fear, you sent me this huge list of all the different things that you've gone through. I didn't even get through like a tenth of the list, and I'm just like, we've got to get this girl on the show. So it was, it was kind of like a, hi, I'm Vasavi. Nice to meet you, Vasavi. I'm Bernie. Hey, do you want to be on our show? <laughs> so that's basically what happened. And so we bring you on the show because there's a ton of stuff that you've been through. There's tons of stuff that you've gone through. I don't even know where you want to begin this, Vasavi, because I know we can certainly take this a lot of places. But how I really want to kick this off is to help have you help us understand what led you on the path to do the work that you do today. And I think from there, we should be able to have a bunch of questions for you because I know there's a shitload of stuff where we could take this conversation. 
I love it. Thank you for that that kind intro, uh, Bernie and Phil. So I think the the way I want to start is first of all just dispelling this myth. A lot of people come to me and they say, Vasavi, you're fearless. You've done so much stuff and you have no fear. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I am a scared little kitten. The only difference between me and a lot of people that come to me and say, oh my God, you're fearless, is that I take the action anyway. So I have a really good relationship with my fear. My fear is my friend. My fear is my compass. I turn to fear as my teacher. Whenever I'm scared to do something, I know that there's wisdom in my fear, and that's where I am now. But I think, you know, for me, just saying I'm, I'm a scared little kitten, I, I joke about it, but the fact of the matter is, you know, I grew up in an all-white town, uh, being one of two Indian families. I was teased a lot. I was bullied a lot. Um, I, I, I was beaten up on a few occasions, and I just, I grew up very scared. I just grew up very scared that um, people were going to make fun of me, that um, I, I was never going to have friends. I mean, I didn't. I didn't have any friends up until probably, like, high school or college, you know, like, like good girlfriends, you know, and um, I spent a lot of my life scared, just scared of life and scared of people, you know, and just, you know, scared of human beings where if I were to walk out of the house, I'd just be scared like I have to protect myself. Um, but I think as I went on my journey of really trying to understand who I was and not wanting to be scared, you know, I, I went down a lot of different paths to get to where I am. I went on the path of using cocaine. I went on the path of drinking excessively. I went on the, the path of um, needing to, to, to feel loved and accepted and approved of by men. I went on the path of having to work my butt off and just hustle, hustle, hustle. I'm all about hustling. I'm all about making shit happen. But the cost was always that you know I was never fully happy in my life. So I, I would have all these accomplishments and degrees, but I was never truly happy. And um, it wasn't until, I would say, in 2002, you guys, when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, um, I always knew I was different. I always, I just, I, I knew that from a very young age. I knew two things from a very young age. I knew that I was different. Um, like, like, and, and we're all special and we're all different. Not all of us know it, though. Not all of us are, are even aware of that. I knew that I was different and I knew that I was meant to do great things in this world. And I knew that my life was put here to be of service to others in a big way. So I knew those two things from a very young age. I just didn't know how to act on that or even how to express that. Um, but when I was diagnosed in 2002 with bipolar disorder, having gone through my cocaine addiction and alcohol and just everything, if you every, I was a classic textbook case of bipolar disorder. Um, it, it just, I just woke up. I woke up when I received that diagnosis in 2002. I was like, oh, that's why I'm so messed up. Oh, now I see what the problem is. I, I got bipolar disorder. This makes so much sense. And suddenly, I was, I was free. And this may sound really weird because you would think this was a prison. It was a lifelong sentence, right? You don't, you don't get to escape mental illness. You live with it every single day. It is, it is a lifelong, uh, I don't want to call it a struggle anymore, but it, it is. It is. It's every single day. You never know what it's going to be like when you wake up. And, um, but it was from that moment on, you know, I believe that every obstacle that we're given um, is, is, is intended to make us stronger and learn and grow, learn from it and pay it forward. So to answer your question about how I got into this work and how I'm able to help others, it was through my challenges and through the journey that I've been on and having overcome that and continuing to, 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 to you know, I'm constantly faced with quote-unquote obstacles. I don't look at them as obstacles anymore. I look at them as like, yes, what is this going to do for me? This is going to make me stronger. This is going to make me more courageous. I look at everything as like, yes, I'm ready to face it. 
I've, I've done that enough times in my life over the past 10 years that I can now teach others how to do that. Does that make sense? It does, and, and I kind of have a massive follow-up question. How, yeah. how did you shift from this, like, scaredy little kitten cat, right, to, and, I, and by the way, I hate the word fearless, too, because I think yeah. a lot of people are defining it in a, in a different connotation than, than I agree with you, than, than we should, because it's moving forward in spite of fear, right? Mm -hmm. so, so how did you shift from this whole mindset of, oh, my God, I'm scared of everything, I'm scared of the world, I, I'm the victim, to mm -hmm. I'm powerful, I'm strong, and yeah. I can't do this. It boils down to one thing, and I, I really want your viewers to get this, and I'm gonna, and, and I don't want them to be left with, well, that's it, but this is really, this is it for me. Um, the, the shift for me, and it's an everyday thing, it is not a one-time thing, it is taking action in spite of that fear. So no matter what I've ever been, whatever I've been confronted with, whether it's having a difficult conversation with, with a friend, whether it's picking up the phone and calling somebody that I want to interview, such as Don Miguel Ruiz, whether it's having to say no, or even as simple as canceling plans with somebody. I'm the kind of person, I used to be the kind of person where I'd say yes to everything because I wanted you to like me and I didn't want you to think I was better than you or, oh, I'm too busy for you. But a lot of the times, I didn't even, I didn't want to like socialize a lot, you know, I mean, that's just me. I'm a total introvert posing as an extrovert. I love to be at home on a Friday night. That's, that's me, you know, but I would find myself saying yes to people all the time, people, like total people pleaser. But I, I had to learn how to just confront and, or, you know, just be real with myself and be real with other people because nobody's winning. It, nobody's winning in the process. Nobody actually benefits from that. If I'm not being real with you and I'm not being real with myself, th that's not a win-win situation. So to answer your massive follow-up question, Bernie, every single day is a practice for me. Every day I'm confronted with something. It doesn't have to be massive. You know, it could be a small thing that I'm afraid to kind of confront, but I do it anyway. And the way I'm able to do it with such um, ease at this point is because I've done it enough times. I, I, I love that quote by Steve Jobs. I'm not going to say it correctly at all, but it boils down to something like, you know, you're going to die one day. If that's the worst thing that's going to happen, you know, like, you know, like the only guarantee in life or the, you know, you're going to die anyway. So everything else after that doesn't seem as scary. And that's honestly how I live my life. It's like, you know what, what's the worst thing that can happen to me? I'm going to die. Well, fuck it. I'm going to die anyway. So I might as well just take that chance now, whatever that is, you know? So that's, for me, it boils down to action. Um, my, my tagline on my website is your freedom in action. I truly believe that if you're stuck and you're suffering and you feel helpless and you feel like there's no way out, the only way out is by taking action. Whatever that may look like in that situation, it is to take action. Nothing ever gets better by sitting on your ass. Nothing. Okay, and I can tell you this as somebody who's lost a shit ton of weight. Nothing, nothing changes without you getting up off your butt and doing what you need to do to have a life that you want. I love that answer, yeah. and, it, and it echoes something that our former guest and friend John Hayden of Inbound Zombie, he mm -hmm. said, action is the middle finger to fear and doubt. Awesome. Yeah, to <laughs> totally, yeah. Totally middle finger, yes. Phil, I'm hogging the show. I know you've got a ton of questions for our girl here. Well, I always have a ton of questions, Bernie, but I like where you're taking it, and I think it's natural to, to ask those questions because, I, you know, obviously I'm not a female, I have no idea what you've overcome, but I certainly get the need to take some action. But where did you where did you get that, Vasavi? And and what kinds of what kinds of fears do you have to overcome to even take that massive action? And really, um, if I'm gonna understand um, <clears throat> if I'm gonna understand females a little bit more, just a little bit, 
and that is that that they get uh, maybe criticized more than men do for taking this massive action and basically to 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 being real for themselves. So how did you how did you learn that? How did you become that? How did that transform? This is this is a good question. I'm like, oh God, like do I really have to answer this? Yeah, I do have to answer it because this is re this is really what it boils down to. Um, and like I said, it, it, it is a practice. So I, I keep using the word practice because I think a lot of times people may hear me speak and be like, well, she can do it. I can't. No, not at all. Like, it is because I can do it that you can. I was not born this way. I did not pop out of my mother all of a sudden with all this confidence and all this uh, courage. I was not born this way. But I do think, um, Phil, if I had to kind of boil it down, it, 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 you know, it boils down to, I would say, two things. Number one is, regardless of what I've ever gone through in life, whether it's my bipolar diagnosis, whether it's being teased incessantly growing up that I was Indian and I smelled like curry most of the time because my mom refused to open the windows when she would cook Indian food at home, or you know, the, the, I was teased a lot growing up because the color of my skin, because I was hairy, because I'm Indian and you know, Indian chicks are just hairy, whatever, you know, and letting you know, and for a long time letting that define me, I always knew this, and I, I believe that all of us know this. Every single one of us know this, but we ignore it, or it is deep, deep, deep down, and we got to peel back a lot. I always knew at the core who I was. Always. I, I wasn't, I didn't have a definition for that. I didn't have a picture, but I always knew deep down, I'm a good person. I have a lot to offer. God, the universe, whatever, in his infinite wisdom, made me perfect, whole, and complete. And no matter what anybody says, nobody can define me. And I knew that from a very young age. It took me a very long time to actually stand in that, okay? Let's not get it twisted. I'm 31. I probably just like fully started standing in it in the past two years, okay? So I want your viewers to get this, that this was not overnight. So it took me, what, 29-something years to actually start to stand in it. And even to this day, I still struggle with it. I got an email a, a, few, a few weeks ago from somebody who was like, rip me a new one. And I'm like, what the hell? And I let it knock me down for 10 minutes. 10 minutes, so my bounce back is a lot less, is, is a lot less. you know, before I'd like be on my face for like a whole day. But it knocked me down, and, I, and then I just had to remember, wait a minute, I know who I am. That does not define me. So you got to constantly be reminding yourself who you are, you know, and I have programs and courses that help people do that, but it really, I mean, and the way you get to that, Phil, is being in solitude, okay? And I, I don't mean like, you know, it's not about being lonely. I spend a lot of time reflecting and, 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 and being here, right? Like right here with me. I don't look outside of me for anything because I, I've, I've been there, done that, right? I've tried the drugs, didn't do anything. I've tried the alcohol, didn't do anything. I've tried the men. I've tried the hustling like my life depends on it. It didn't do anything. So I now know that the only person that I need to answer to is myself. So I spend a ton of time. Like I said, I'm an introvert posing as an extrovert. I spend a lot of time with myself and turning inwards. And you've got, you got to spend time with yourself because otherwise we're always going to be looking outside for the answer. And that's the problem with Western society, right? i got to get this new car. i got to make that money. i got to go on that next vacation. But guess what? You're still not happy. I'm not saying those things aren't amazing. I love nice cars. I love nice vacations. But that doesn't bring me happiness, right? So that's, that's what I had to realize the hard way. I wouldn't have it any other way. The second thing that I want to say is, you ask, how, how am I able to do that? Um, how am I able to just take that action? And how am I able to kind of be fearless? Um, I'm very clear on my why. I am very clear 
super clear. This is this is what makes me unshakable. I am very clear that my life was put here to make a difference in the lives of others. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how, you know, if it's in a business model. I don't care if it's through the cooking that I do for people. I know that my life here, I am a vehicle for a message. I'm a vehicle to inspire other people. I'm crystal clear about that. So when you're clear about those two things, about who you are and that your life was put here, you were given this life to make a difference in the lives of others, who the hell cares what anybody has to say? You know what I mean? Like, you're, you, my father always said this to me. What other people think of you is just a thought in their mind. I have no control over the thoughts in your mind. So why am I going to let that bother me? Does it ever bother me? Absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and say, I don't care what anybody thinks. Of course I care, but I don't sit and fester in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Ab absolutely it does. And, and, I, and I have a follow-up question. It, we're going to veer off track just a little bit, but I think it does relate. Yeah. You, you've gone through a lot of change and transition and transformation in your life. We're talking relationships, we're talking career, we're talking lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. Mindset, everything. Mm -hmm. um, again, I, I love these massive questions I have for you because it's like, do we have more than an hour here to talk to you about three, you know? But, but, but I, what, with our listeners here, we've got a lot of people who are either in transition, right? Leaving corporate mm -hmm. to go to, to be a solopreneur or to be a solopreneur going back into corporate or maybe somebody's traveling that line. So I think right now one of the biggest fears is that transition, right? Mm -hmm. Taking that leap. Um, I guess what wisdom can you impart on our listeners when we talk about transition? Maybe give us an example of a huge time in your life, a defining moment, right? Where you had to take a big leap. And how did you work through that? Well, I ha I'm, I'm smiling like a cheese ball right now because I'm going through it right now. So to all my solopreneurs who want to either get back into corporate or my corporate people who want to get into solopreneurs, check this out. All right, so we're, we're in uh, December right now. So in September, so we're talking literally, you know, three months ago. So, okay, so let me just give you some context. I have my online business. I've done live events. I do interviews like this all the time. I'm on TV in Kansas City on NBC. I, I you know, I, my business is automated. Things are going great, right? Things are great. We're, we're, we're doing well. But, you know, I'm building my brand. Awesome. Come September, I have that thought in my mind. I have that feeling. Something's missing. Something's missing. So if you're in that trend, you know, right before you actually make that transition, if you really pay attention, is usually that feeling of there's something missing. I know there's more, right? So that, that's usually what happens right before we take that leap. And that, that's where I was at. Something missing. I know there's something missing. So I sat down with my husband. So the first key is you got to have a community of like-minded people. You have to have people that know you, that get you, that believe in you. No matter how crazy you are. I'm crazy as hell. And that's fine because I have people that don't mind my craziness, right? So for, all, for any of you, regardless of what transition you're going through, you got to have people in your life that you can go to that are going to cheer you on and are going to challenge you in, 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 in the same place. So... You know, I went to my husband and I said, babe, something's missing. So we sat. Of course, I, like, made him sit down and have this, like, drawn-out deep conversation while he's watching NFL football on mute. I said, you can have it on, but you got to mute it. So he said, all right, fine. So we sat and we just talked about where I felt like something was missing. I said, you know what? I love what I do. I love helping people, but I kind of want to take a step back and I just want to see what else is there. I know that I have so much potential and I know that there's something else. I don't know what. So we started talking and talking and talking and I referenced my five-year-old. Like, I, I mean, I don't mean like my inner five-year-old. I mean like Vasavi when she was five years old, right? I believe that when we, then, you know, our childhood version of ourselves was is the purest, most wisest being that we can ever go to for advice. And I remember when I was five years old and I said to my mother, 
because we'd go to India every year. Um, I was born and raised in New York. We'd go to India every year, and I'd see people starving on the streets, and I just didn't understand why people had to starve. I didn't understand how I would have a food, you know, a fridge full of food, but why do people in India have to starve? You know, I saw this man eating a banana peel out of a garbage uh, dumpster at the age of four, and at the age of four, I, I, the question of suffering, you know, came into my life, and I was like, why do people have to suffer? Okay, and what do I need to do to stop it? So when I was five years old, I said to my mother, I want to be a vegetarian chef, and I want to open a vegetarian restaurant. We were raised vegetarian. We're Hindu. I was, I was raised a Hindu. You know, back then, being vegetarian wasn't cool or trendy like it is now. We were, we, you know, I never ate meat for, for religious reasons, um, and I just never had access to, like, vegetarian food, you know, so, except at home. So let's fast forward, right? So a little bit more context. I know this is a long story, but I really want to paint the picture here that, you know, so I wasn't allowed to go to culinary school. We, we're, I'm a daughter of Indian immigrants. We don't do that. We become doctors, and we get Ivy League education, and we get double masters, and that's exactly what I did. So I, I did what I was told, right, but the rebel in me could not hang out there for too long. So let's fast forward. Uh, I said to my husband, you know, I, I love to cook. I love to eat. I love to cook. I love to cook for people. Food is love for me. Right? When I, if I cook for you, it means I love you. And everything that I put into my food is infused with love and fun and excitement. And I just, I love to feed people. Like, you could even see it. Like, I'm kind of twitching right now. Like, that's how much I love it. Like, I love food. Food for me is the ultimate act of kindness and love to, 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 to nourish someone in that way. So I said, screw it. I said, I, you know, I got, I, by the way, let's talk about taking action, right? We, we got down to that point that I said, you know, we, with, on a Sunday, I said, babe, I think I want to go to culinary school. I think I want to go to vegetarian culinary school. I've been wanting to do this since I was five. My God, it's been, what, 20, 26 years now, right, that I've had this dream, and I just kind of buried, buried it. So as we're talking, I get on the computer. I start looking up vegetarian culinary schools. There are two that are accredited in the United States. One of them is in New York. I didn't want to go move back home to New York. One of them is in Austin, Texas. I said, screw it. Literally, I applied right then and there. They had their application. Two days later, I got in. I gave them all. I, I worked on it for 48 hours. I filled in the application. I did whatever. I even um, and I even applied for an entrepreneurial spirit scholarship. So not only did I get into culinary school two days later, a week later I found out I got five grand for an entrepreneurial spirit scholarship because I told them that my idea is to open a vegetarian restaurant. I'm not going to tell you the whole concept. A vegetarian restaurant and ultimately open a 24-hour kitchen in India that will feed people around the clock and then eventually open those kitchens all across India. So nobody ever has to starve. You know, it's just what I, what I can do. That's how I can contribute. So boom, there you go, guys. I am switching from being a coach and being on TV and, ha and having my name out there and online programs and blah, blah, blah. And my husband and I are packing up in less than two weeks and moving to Austin so I can start culinary school January 6th. And that is what I'm going to be doing full time. Um, oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah, you That's didn't know cool. that, Phil, did you? No. No, you I must have missed that memo. Thanks, Bernie, for filling me in there. Yeah. Wow. That's really freaking cool. Yeah. That and really cool. by the way, I, I want to speak about oh, one last thing, if you, if you don't mind. I want to talk about um, I, I want to talk about how you don't have to kill off everything, right? So I knew this. I knew that I wanted to fully focus on culinary school, okay? Um, I didn't want to do what I normally did is try, try to spread myself thin and do all of it. So I said, I want to focus on culinary school. This is like the first thing in my life, you guys, that I've done simply for the love of it. You know what that feels like when you do something simply for the love of it, not because you're trying to make money, not because, you know, uh, you want to look good or impress people. I just love to cook. That's all I want. That's, that's what I'm doing. But I didn't want to, 
I didn't want to completely surrender what I've created and, and busted my ass creating in my business because I have these amazing online programs. So I said, how can I have it all without killing myself, right? Which is, which is my automatic tendency is to stretch myself thin. So we've now, I've now signed an agreement with Mind Valley Publishing, uh, mindvalley.com. They're amazing. They're going to be distributing my online programs to over 200,000 people, and I'm still going to be making money off my online programs. But it, do you guys see how I'm setting it up that I can still do that? I can still make money from the products that I've created that I stand by 100%, but I can also focus on my culinary school, which is my first love. You get what I'm saying? So I want you guys to hear that from a place of, it doesn't always have to be an either or, like, oh, I can have this, but I can't have that. You know, ask yourself, what do you really want? How do you want to feel? What is most important? It boils down to priority. What's your number one priority? Everything else will fall into place. And as far as taking that action, you guys, you know, it boils down to one thing. How bad do you want it? And how stupid are you willing to look? Because I know I may look crazy as fuck to some people. Who is this chick? She's going to culinary school? Where did this come from? I don't care. I know I look crazy, and that's totally fine. But guess what? I'm going to be one happy, crazy chick, and that's all that matters. And that's what you have to answer to yourself. Wow. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a lot. That's pretty freaking cool. So, so curious, what does your husband think about all this? Is he like totally cool with this? Like, hey, you do whatever you want. Go sell chickens to the Burmese. I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter to me, right? I mean, what's he like? Is he as You're, crazy as you or what? No, he's, I mean, he, I mean, he must be slightly if he married me, but my husband, um, you know, and, and I just wrote, a, we just had a three-year wedding anniversary on Thanksgiving. My husband, um, his name is Ashish. His name also means blessing in the ancient language Sanskrit. I met him at the hardest time in my life, Phil, when I was uh, heavily addicted to cocaine. I, and it, it was through his love and through his acceptance and just complete adoration of me that I was able to really get out of a lot of what I've gone through. Um, I wasn't fully able to receive his love when I first met him because I didn't think I was worthy of it. Um, but let me answer your question. I, I wanted to just give your viewers a little understanding of what kind of man I married. Um, when I told him about this, he's, he's always like, okay, babe, I trust you. And he was going to actually stay in Kansas while I go to Austin, finish school, and then come back to Kansas. I said, hell no, we are doing this together. And the cool thing about him being married to me is that I never let him off the hook. So I'm always challenging him to be his best, and he's always challenging me to be more patient and be more loving and be more kind. Okay, And, and mostly have more patience and just trust. Right? That's really the, the gift that I've gotten from him. Um, he's moving with me. We're moving. He is starting from scratch. He is excellent at running franchise businesses, so he's applied to run two franchise businesses. He will make it happen. Um, but we're both very clear that we trust and believe that if this is happening with the with the in the flow that it's happening, like guys, it's happening so effortlessly. And I want your viewers to get this: when it happens with such flow and and like it's almost like it's it, it is divine, right? And and so I have realized that that when it's like push pull push pull and I'm you know it's not meant to happen, dude. I gotta I gotta release that. This transition that we're happening, I have never experienced something so effortless in my life because it's meant to happen. We're making it happen, but it is meant to happen. And I truly believe there are no accidents in life and that everything is divine. And my husband, who I was so scared that he wasn't going to want to come, he's so excited. Like, if you guys look at our apartment, we're like, we're like almost packed. Look at that. We're like ready to go, and he's, you know, kind of taken off this whole week so he can, we can pack up the rest of our stuff. And he is, 
he's ready. Like, you know, he knew what he signed up for when he got married to me. He knew that I was like, let's go do this. So it's taken, you know, we've been together nine years, married for three, and Phil, you know, I, uh, I have to remind myself how lucky I am, how blessed I am to have a man like him in my life because I couldn't do this without him. So we're, we're in it. We're doing it. We're December 15th. We're out of here. We get possession of our apartment December 17th, and we're moving. We're out of here. Wow. <laughs> so, all right, Bernie, you want to ask the big F-bomb today instead of me? Or you? Yeah, I yeah. think you should. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she pretty much kind of said it, but yeah, we might as well ask the big question. So, uh, Vasafi, obviously you've gone through a ton, a shit ton of fear in your life, and you're going through it right now. But outside of this current move, outside of culinary school coming up, outside of this huge change in your business and your lifestyle, geographically you're going to a different location, what else? What are you afraid of right now? Like, what's keeping you out of, up at night? What are you afraid of that maybe we, Phil and I, our Shut Up Show, you know, people in, in our network, how can we help you to get through whatever this is that is keeping you up? Oh, my God. First of all, okay, I love that you guys are asking this question. I can't even believe that you're asking this question. I love that you're asking it. And I'm like, what keeps me up at night? I'll tell you this. Wow. Okay, so I'm going to be really honest. Obviously, you want me to be. Okay, okay, let, let, let's just, let, okay, Vasavi, this is where I need to shut up and just kind of tell you. Okay, so I, I got to like self-soothe. I'll tell you what I'm really afraid of, okay, and what keeps me up at night. And I, and I, I want to say first that I get that this is all my ego. So let's just, I am aware that this is my ego, okay? So I'm not like, I know it's not real. Okay, let me just tell you. Sorry, this is how I, this is how I prep myself to say it. I am so afraid that I'm going to go to culinary school and I'm going to love it so much and I'm going to drop off the face of the earth and I'm not going to be relevant anymore. And I'm worried that I'm going to, it's like, I'm, I can't explain it, but it's like I've done, I'm so out there, right? I'm so online. I mean, literally I do like probably 10 interviews a month. You know, I just, I, I'm always getting my story out there. I've been out there, out there, out there. I'm everywhere, right? And I'm, I'm blessed because I, I attract so many people from all over the world. It's, a, it's truly amazing, and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. But my fear, and how fucked up is this? Like, I'm actually, I'm afraid that I'm actually going to love culinary school so much and love this and, and, and see this side of myself and be with this side of myself, which is actually very introverted and very, like, like I'm like a hermit almost. I'm a, so, so that's what it is. I'm afraid I'm going to just say, fuck all of it. I don't need to be out there anymore. I'm just going to do my thing. And I, but, my, but, but my ego is terrified is that I'm no longer going to be important. I'm not going to be relevant, and people are going to forget about me. That's my worst fear. And I get that it's a story, by the way. I get that that's my ego, um, and I'm okay with that because I also know that you have to be a nobody to become a somebody. And... I'm okay with falling off the face of the earth. I'm okay with completely reinventing myself um, because I know that this is where I need to, I know that this is where my life is leading and I trust that process, but that's what I'm afraid of. Right. I mean, and reasonably so. I mean, so, so what strategies or tools or resources do you have, Vasavi, that you can pull out of your toolkit or from elsewhere to help you work through that here? Because obviously this isn't going to go away until you jump in and see how things go. 
Yeah, I, so I, I do have a plan, right? A lot of this, because I'm, I'm very aware that this is, um, this is like a deep-seated fear. I've had this fear since I was a kid. You know, I've had this, I've had this fear of not being uh, seen and, and, and feeling invisible from a very young age. I have felt this way. This has been, you know, probably a, the driving force behind a lot of what I do is being out there so much. I can't even believe it. God, what are you guys, like Dr. Phil? Well, technically, yeah, I mean, Phil. Are you guys going to say these things? Wow, this is great, but I love this. This is like, you know. This is awesome. No, no, the, the, I can't even believe I'm sharing this right now. Okay, so first thing is I'll tell you this. A lot of this is deep-seated anxiety and fear that I have. Um, I didn't share this with your viewers, but, you know, I was off medication for a year and a half, and I'm actually going back on my bipolar medication uh, starting in, you know, actually I'm going back to New York December 12th, 11th and 12th to meet with my psychiatrist, and I have a few meetings for other stuff, and I'm getting back on medication for that just to kind of turn the volume down just a little bit. All right, and I'm and I'm I'm okay with that. I've openly shared that. I think if you need if you need a little support, so you talk about tools and whatever. If you need support, go get it, and there's no shame in that. So that's number one. Number two is keeping my support circle. I have five people in my life that I go to for everything, um, and keeping those people there and not trying to always do it myself, right? And and reaching out to those people when I feel whatever I'm feeling, this fear or anxiety. Um, number three is practicing yoga even more. It, it's so funny how right next door to my culinary school, there's a yoga studio. And so all the kids in culinary school go next door during their lunchtime and they do their, they, they go to yoga. So doing that. Um, number four for me is uh, going back to therapy, right? And just talking about this because I can I can have a conversation with my head till I go to sleep like you know I can just talk to myself about this but it, it has always helped me and I was in therapy for a very long time it has always helped to talk to a third party about this um, and I would say the last thing is I'm not gonna stop spreading my story I am not gonna stop blogging I am not gonna stop doing my interviews I probably will not be doing it as much like I said I do about 10 interviews a month um, I do not plan on doing that at all I'll be probably saying yes to two or three a month, but I do want to keep sharing my story. I do want to share my culinary adventures, my life adventures, my Austin adventures, um, because like I said to Phil in the very beginning, I'm clear that my life was put here so as to impact others. And I'm clear that my story, no matter what I'm going through, impacts others. So I take it as my responsibility to keep doing this, but I get to choose how it looks. And it doesn't have to be so out there. And it's also just knowing that um, it's not about quantity. It's not about how much I'm posting or how much I'm blogging, that what I have to say um, and how I say it does matter. And it does still impact the lives of others. And um, it's going to be all good. It, it always is. This is a fear of mine. And like my dad always says, I think he stole this from the Bible, but this too shall pass. And I'm not worried about it. It is something that I, I think about. And I'm like, but... I've gone through so much in life. I mean, this is just another this is just another thing. You know, it's like bring it. I'm okay. I know it's going to make me a better, stronger uh person and and just overall better human being and as I become that, being able to pay it forward and help other people to do the same. So, I'm ready. I'm good. I'm going to be okay. Woohoo! Yeah. So, last question. This is a softball ready to hit. Where do we find more of your awesome sauce, Vasavi? How do we make sure that we stay connected to you? so that we can follow your culinary journey and your journey through whatever it is you're going through, no matter how frequent or infrequent it might be. 
So you can always go to my website at vasavikumar.com. We're changing a few things up just to kind of reflect this new place that I'm in. So you go to vasavikumar.com. Uh, I love Facebook, as Bernie knows this. Bernie, Bernie and I were Facebook friends, and I, you know, that's that's my that's my way of helping people, sharing stories, entertaining, whatever. So on Facebook, my page is just Vasavi Kumar, uh, and my Twitter is right there. Is Ask Vasavi. Ask me anything. And and by the way, I do want to I want to tell your viewers something. I don't have somebody checking my emails. I check my emails myself. I get about 30 to 40 emails from people on my list who have subscribed or in my programs uh, a day, and I answer every single one of them. I there is no greater joy for me. I mean, that's maybe that's maybe an overstatement. No. I have other great joys in life, but I absolutely love like what I love doing more and more than anything, guys. Especially with the people who have chosen to opt into my my list and subscribe and follow me, I love writing back to them. So I get I want to just let your viewers know if you have a question, you can email me. It will be me reading it. I love to get to know people. I get people telling me all sorts of stuff, and I'm like, oh my god. Thank God I'm the one answering your. Thank God I'm the one reading your emails because this is some serious shit that you're telling me. But they love it. I love to have that relationship with the people who are who are following me on my on my website and on my Facebook page. So, email me. I will respond to you. And I look and I and I look forward to your emails and I welcome them. So. Ooh. Well, we're so glad that you spent some time with us today and taught us how to shut up there, Vasavi. You gave us some really great tools and a great story, and you were brutally honest which is what we love the most. So thank you for being you. We're so glad you're here. Thank, thank you, Vasavi. So we love you to death, girl. Seriously. VasaviKumar.com. Subscribe to our newsletter, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Shut Up Show. And remember, if you don't want to miss a single episode, go on to our website at theshutupshow.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Until next time, folks, shut up and make shit happen.